TII Item 232, Friday, July 13th, 2012. China finally is getting the iPad. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the free Frequency app for the iPad. If you like internet video, you're going to love the Frequency app. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Trey for sending in the music here in the background. Trey wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song with GarageBand on my iPod Touch, and I wanted you to hear it. Regards, Trey. Well, thanks, Trey, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Chris in London for sending in the artwork for today's show. Chris wrote, Hi, Rob. My artwork is made with HD wallpaper on the iPhone, Cydia Tweak, Make My Pop-Up, and My Sentiments. Regards, Chris. Well, Chris, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Chris's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 232, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, what we see is that youth are pretty much fed up with iPhones. Everyone has the iPhone. Unquote. Niles Munsgaard Director of Portfolio Product Marketing and Sales, Nokia, 13th of December, 2011. Okay, well, Niles was only technically half wrong. Just saying. This week in the promo giveaway section, we have promo codes for the app Nanoman Blaster. Here is the review from the dev. Hi, I'm Chris Brody, one of the developers of Nanomon Blaster. Nanomon Blaster is an addicting, physics-based shooter game. You must shoot the balls to score points, but if you go below the dotted line, you lose a life. The goal of the game is to score up as many points as possible in one round. With our unique story mode, up to 75 levels per character. Please note that the game is in beta. But I've included five promo codes for Rob to give away, and the the next future release will be free to all TII users who gets this promo code. Once again, that game is Nanomon Blaster, and it is for the iTunes App Store and Google Play. Thanks, Rob, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Chris, for the review of your app, Nanomon Blaster, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Nanomon in the subject line. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60 second or less audio review of your app indicating upfront you are the dev. Hi, Rob. This is Dan from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Want to share with you uh, that my friend got an iPad too. And uh, the fact that he got an iPad is not really what I want to share with you. The fact how he got the iPad is what I want to share. Um, his grandmother 
bought the iPad and loved it, used it. Uh, she started getting sick and nobody knew why. And uh, she had a defibrillator or pacemaker or something. And uh, she went to the doctor, went to the hospital, ended up stuck in the hospital for a while. And finally she gave her iPad to my friend Doug, let him use it for a while. She started getting better. She went home. Uh, he brought the iPad back to her, and she started getting sick again. So finally they realized, the doctor looked at it and realized it had magnets in it. And uh, she can't have magnets near her pacemaker. So my friend was given an iPad. But just wanted to kind of let the listeners know that there could be an issue with the magnets in your iPad. Dan, thanks for the feedback. I'm not sure why it cut off there at the end. And folks, remember when you call in, if you're in your car, give me five seconds of dead air at the beginning and the end so I can better filter it out. Kind of sort of need to do a big blog post on this next subject, and I'll try to do it in the next week or so. Try being the keyword. This is with regards to a realization I had, or really more of a clarity on the difference between iOS and Android. Simply put, people get Android phones to make phone calls. People get iPhones to do more than phone calls. Obviously, this is a generalization. There's some power users on the Android side, just like there are those on the iOS side that never do anything more than make calls or text someone. The latter type is my sister-in-law's sister. While at a party last week at my brother's house, she said about her iPhone she was thinking of getting rid of it and getting a cheaper phone and plan because all she ever does with it is phone calls and text messages. And that kind of clicked everything into focus for me. Android users get phones to make phone calls. iOS users get their iPhones to do more than phone calls. Here is some info to back up this generalization. Right now, there are about 400 million iOS and 400 million Android devices that have ever been activated all time. So right now, about the same installed base. It's pretty much identical. Yet, in June, mobile web traffic from all mobile devices, including tablets, was 65% iOS and 20% for Android, or a 3.25 to 1 ratio. App downloads per user of iOS versus Android, 2 to 1 ratio. Free podcast downloads to mobile devices. There is a 10 to 1 ratio iOS to Android. 10 to 1. Yikes. And that was from data from April 1st to May 20th, before the release of the podcast app. That ratio is going to get worse as far as wider, uh, not better in the short term. A recent study by O2 in the UK found smartphone users spend about two hours a day using their smartphone, but only 12 minutes is actually spent making calls. Text messaging was below that at 10 minutes. Above both of those use cases was browsing the internet, checking social networks, playing games, and listening to music. So again, if iOS users are downloading two times the number of apps, spending 3.25 times more time surfing the web, and 10 times more time listening to podcasts, it seems Android users are getting their phones to make calls, and iOS users are getting their phones to do much more than make phone calls. Like, say, what you're doing right now, listening to this podcast.
Just saying. By the way, I know that subject matter and comments infuriated a few people on Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter. And I just want to say this. If you are one of those that's infuriated right now and plan to call into the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email the show, todayinios at gmail.com, don't give me specifics. I said this was a generalization. So don't give me a specific, well, I use my Android phone for this. I don't care about individuals. I'm talking, again, in generalities. In generalities, 10 times more downloads are done to iOS devices for podcasts than for Android devices. So if you're going to send me in something to dispute what I said, send me in something from a generalities point of view, not from a specific individual use case point of view. And by the way, the argument, well, it's just easier to do all those things on the iOS platform. That kind of backs up my whole generalization. That's why people go to the iOS devices, because it's easier to do those things that they want to do. Switching gears. Are you an app dev? Is your app live in the iTunes App Store? Does your app have in-app purchases? Well, if so, you need to know what a Russian hacker has figured out how to do, and that is to get around in-app purchases, and it's something any user can do without even jailbreaking, with a little help from his website. This hack takes advantage of any apps where the receipt verification of the in-app purchases is not enabled. So if your app is not set up to verify store receipts, it is vulnerable to this attack and vulnerable in iOS 3.x, 4.x, 5.x, and even iOS 6 beta. There's a link in the show notes to an article titled iOS Hacker Unlocks In-App Purchases over at todayinios.com for episode 232. If you are a dev with in-app purchases, you will want to check out this article. Obviously, expect more, a lot more on this one in future episodes. I want to thank the fine folks from Frequency for sponsoring today's show. Frequency is a free, as in no cost to you, zip, nada, nothing, 0.0 cents app. And what it is is a free video discovery app for iPad that turns your Facebook and Twitter accounts into streaming video show. Or if you don't want to use Facebook and Twitter or don't use Facebook and Twitter, it works great as an aggregator of videos from your favorite sources. The channel guide features the top 1,000 video channels across the web, including blogs like HuffPo and TechCrunch, networks like ESPN and ABC, and tons of indie news and viral video collections. Personally, I am a big fan of the Ad Freak channel. I love good and bad commercials. I was watching a few of the Ted and Axe commercials, winner, and I also really like the ones from Fantastic Delights, brilliant marketing stunt. Well, consider that a tease for when you get the free Frequency app. Look that one up. It's a Fantastic Delights commercial. It's over on the Ad, Ad Freak, A-D-F-R-E-A-K channel. With Frequency, any channel that you wish to follow immediately shows up on the top bar in your quote-unquote tuner. Your tuner follows you whether you log into Frequency website or the iPad app. So yes, you can start watching on your iPad and finish up on your computer or vice versa. And of course, it is AirPlay enabled, so you can watch on your TV via Apple TV. If you downloaded the Frequency app in the past, they just had a big revision that came out on July 9th. So make sure you update for all the new nuggets of goodness one of the big features that I like in the app is the ability to get all of the videos from people you are following on Twitter. 
I follow a lot of people on Twitter, and this is an easy way to find out the videos that get linked in their posts. Again, the app is free. Just search for Frequency in the App Store. And for now, this is just for the iPad. Thanks, Frequency, for supporting the show. By the way, if you have the Frequency app already, or if you get the Frequency app and you have a favorite channel on the Frequency app, let me know what it is. Today in iOS at gmail.com. Just email that in. Or, of course, you can always call it in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Hey, Rob. This is Gregory from vlatte.net. A caller from your last show from New Zealand pointed out the Square app doesn't have a calculator on the iPhone. A workaround is to use the iPhone's calculator to get all your calculations done and then press and hold in the window, tap, copy, fast switch back to the Square app, press and hold in the payment window, and then tap paste. It's not ideal, but it works. Thanks, Rob. Rob, this is Tim from Chicago. I have one last definitive review of Square. So first of all, you have to know, are you going to be using it a lot? If you're going to consistently process more than $1,500 in transactions per month, then Square is not for you. Anything under that is perfect. The transaction rate of approximately 2.7%, if you're under $1,500 a month, will save you because you don't pay any gateway fees or maintenance fees or processing fees. You pay the flat 2.7%. Swipe versus non-swipe is different, obviously. Also, the chargeback process can be very time-consuming. This is not due to Square. This is due to the credit card company, so that's not Square's fault. And if you're going to do a transaction more than $1,000, be aware that they will hold your funds for 30 days. But if you call Square and ask them to raise your limits, they generally will, unless you're a total schmuck and get tons of chargebacks, then obviously they're not going to do that for you. Square is a great little app for the small business guy on the road who processes less than $1,500 a month. Remember, you have to know how the program works. Thanks, Rob. Awesome show. Rob, this is Tim again from Chicago. I forgot to mention in my Square Review app that PayPal also has a mobile solution now. They just sent me their reader. I agreed to use that because I already have a PayPal account and it saves me 0.05% per transaction. That adds up. Peace. Into the email bag we go. Hey Rob, just got done listening to your latest episode about how Tim made his book and iBooks author and he's looking for a way to port it to the Kindle Fire and Android. Well, I use a program called Hype HTML5 in the Mac App Store for $49.99. It can be used to make iBooks or even HTML5 apps that can be converted to native iOS and Android apps using PhoneGap. That's how I make my apps. Hope this helps. Regards, Chris DeBrody from Fulton Mo. Thanks, Chris, for the feedback. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. To the guy who called up about there being no music after upgrading to 5.1.1, I had a similar issue when I upgraded to iOS 4 and iOS 5. A note here is that the phone isn't jailbroken and never has been, so the issue could be caused by the iOS update itself. I found that when I allowed iTunes to load my music back up, everything was put on the phone, but when you go to play it, nothing would happen. My solution was to go into the music app on the iPhone and manually remove all songs, and then go to iTunes app, and then to the purchased section and hit the download button. This will make the iPhone itself load the music up, which solved the issue for me. 
I don't think this is a jailbreak issue. It could be caused by upgrading from non iCloud iOS 4 and previous to the new iCloud iOS 5 plus. You could test the solution by just deleting one song and reloading it again through iTunes. That song then plays. Okay, problem solved. Thanks for the podcast. Regards, Gary. Another email on this. Hi, Rob. I just heard the caller who mentioned the issue with music under the 5.1.1 jailbreak. If you Google, you will find a lot of similar complaints. From what I read, the jailbreak causes a change in the way iOS indexes music and causes the music app to crash or malfunction. The solution is to re-jailbreak with Absinthe, which means wipe and restore, and it doesn't always work. I removed the jailbreak Red Snow from my phone because my music kept disappearing. I didn't want to take any chance that it wouldn't work, so I didn't re-jailbreak. Regards, Myron. Hey, Rob. This is Ben from Dallas. Long-time listener. First time I'm calling. This is for the guy that uh, has a broken music player with uh, the jailbroken iPhone 5.1.1. A solution he could try, actually, is there's a there's like an authorization mismatch whenever you jailbreak is what I've been reading, and, and the same thing happened to me, actually. So the only real way, other than wiping everything clean and starting over, is to actually just wipe his entire music library. Wipe wipe the whole thing clean off the iPhone, and there's a way to do that in settings, in the regular settings. And then um, just through iTunes Match or through his computer, just uh, repopulate the phone with music. And that usually works. So he doesn't have to actually go in and you know, hopefully not take off all his tweaks or... You know, uh, we wipe the phone. So you can try that and see how things go. Anyway, love the show and keep it up, Rob. Appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Gentlemen, thank you for the feedback. To another email. Hi, Rob. Regarding the caller who wanted an app to play just the audio from YouTube, I recently downloaded an app called Just Gobble, which can do pretty much that. I'm still kicking the tires on that. So far, it seems to work pretty well. Happy and safe driving. Regards, Rhonda in Florida. Rhonda, thanks for the heads up on that. And folks, that is in the iOS App Store. It's not a jailbreak app. And that is a free app in the iOS App Store. Just look for Just Gobble, two words. And as always, there'll be a link in the show notes for any apps we mention. Just go to todayinios.com and look for episode 232's show notes. This next story comes from an inside source at Apple. No, really, it's an inside source at Apple. Actually, two inside sources at Apple, namely Simon Pope and Trudy Muller. That's who does their press releases. Well, according to Simon and Trudy, on Friday, July 20th, the new iPad will make its way to mainland China. All versions and colors will be available. If you're keeping track at home, that colors are black or white. Heck, even the iPad 2 will be for sale. For the new iPad, according to Apple, reservation requests will be accepted daily from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. beginning Thursday, July 19th for pickup the following day. So if you're in mainland China, you've been waiting for the iPad to make it there, your wait is almost over. Speaking of inside information from Apple, Apple announced when their quarterly report would be, and that is Tuesday, July 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And since Apple has announced the call, the analysts are tripping over themselves to announce or update their numbers for Apple wares. Charlie Wolf from Needham's seems to have taken the dart out of the dartboard and put the blindfold back on and threw the dart one more time. How else do you explain his predictions for the iPad sales for last quarter going from 13.5 million when he originally guessed at the numbers in April 
to 20 million when he updated his guess this past week. Okay, he says he, quote, hastily formulated the initial estimate, unquote. I think that's just really analyst speak for, I pushed the dart to the right. But this time, the dart hit right at 12 o'clock on the board and hit that 20. Actually, Charles tried to justify his new numbers by saying the 6.5 million shortfall originally was because he did not factor in the 12 NFL teams that would be using iPads instead of playbooks, or that the Polish uh, Parliament and Dutch Senate have substituted iPads for paper printouts, or that United Airlines replaced paper pilot manuals with iPads. Because, you know, you can see how those quickly add up to 6.5 million iPads last quarter. Seriously. Those were some of the reasons Chuck gave for changing his numbers. He gave some others, but really he lost me at 12 NFL teams. As an FYI, my prediction for iPad sales for the last quarter is 18.75 million. I tend to be conservative low on these things. Let's see how I did come July 24th. For the other analysts out there, the professionals had iPad sales last quarter between 12.68 million and Chucky's 20 million with an average of 15 million. The non-professionals were between 17.7 million and 24 million, with an average guess of 19.96 million. Like I said, I tend to be conservative low on these things. FYI, if you did a trend analysis prediction using the average increase year over year for the past three quarters and applied it to last quarter, it says 22.42 million iPads sold last quarter. So let's see if the trend line beats all the humans. FYI, the trend line also says there'll be 33.79 million iPhones sold last quarter. I'm going to be a little bit more bullish than the trend line and say iPhone sales for last quarter were up slightly from the previous quarter at, say, 35.5 million. I have not seen all the analyst predictions yet on the iPhone. We'll see how they did after the 24th. Again, Apple's quarter call will be July 24th, and I will put up a blog post right after or maybe even during the conference call. Plus, I'll send out a push when I do that. Thanks to John for the heads up on this next one, which actually could have all of us predicting good things for Apple eating crow. It is a report from Wintech that their sales are plunging, plummeting, dropping, falling off the cliff. Wintech is the maker of touch panels for iOS devices, So their announcement that June sales were down an unusually high 33.6% month over month signals that either A, they lost the design in for the iPhone 2012, or B, the current iPhones and iPad demands have fallen off the cliff. Come July 24th, we will know if this was one piece of info we should have looked at more carefully and sold our Apple stock, rather than being the greedy bastards that we are and holding on to it for that $1,000 target mark in the future. No offense to Wintech, but let's hope it's option A. Per rumors out there about an early August release of the iPhone 2012 that more than a few of you sent in links on and asked me my opinion on, let me say this phrase from the site that created this story. Quote, a reliable industry source who wishes to remain anonymous, unquote. Think they lost me somewhere between reliable and industry. As such, I will say this. Per the rumor of an August 7th keynote to announce the iPhone 2012, zero, repeat, zero percent chance of this being accurate. 
I will not even dignify the site this rumor is attributed to with a link or a mention of their name. Hi, Rob. It's Laura in Nashville. I was calling to ask um, you and the listeners if any of you guys are having trouble with your USB cords for your iPad and your iPhone since the last, like, update to the software because I've been using the same cords and and, um, chargers forever, and then all of a sudden I'm getting lots of different messages like this um, accessory is not supported or this is not charging and not thinking. And so I'm just curious. I mean, I'm thinking it has to be something to do with a software update. And I did a little research online, and I saw a couple of people talking about it. I just wonder if anybody else is having that experience. Or if maybe just my cables have gone bad or something is wrong. I don't know. And I also wanted to respond to the guy who called in about Kickstarter, saying it's taken forever. He had, was getting the um, orbit swivel, little um, dash clingy thing. I don't even know what you call it. But I also backed them, and I was just going to tell that guy, the the Kickstarter, the whole point of it is, you know, a developmental process. So they don't just have it ready to roll once you put the money down. It's a long process of making that stuff. And then you encounter things you never would have thought of because typically people who are on Kickstarter are not like super big experts, you know, material problems, chemical problems, shipping problems, uh, communication errors. Uh, and then maybe you get a whole shipment that quality is bad and you have to start all over again. And manufacturing time takes anywhere from like 30 to 45 days. And then, if you, you know, ship, for instance, by air, maybe $7,000, but shipping by sea, maybe 1000 So, and, and shipping by sea takes a month and a half, and shipping by air takes seven days. So there's a lot of, of variables in there that make it a really complicated process. I just wanted to explain that to him and to anybody else who is waiting for a long time for something with Kickstarter, because I get it. I'm not very patient. It is frustrating, but... There is a lot of reasoning behind that. So um, anyway, just wanted to put that out there. I hope everybody is well. Happy 4th. Thanks. Bye. Laura, thanks for the feedback on the Kickstarter. And per your comments on cables and items not working with iOS devices since the most recent update, I personally haven't seen that issue. But if others out there have, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I don't need to send you any of the 7-inch iPad rumor articles, smiley face, but I do want to say that I would buy one of these for my mom in a heartbeat, if Apple does release one, that is. I hope it has a true 720p display, 1280 by 720 I barely wanted this resolution on the original iPad. My mom has a third-gen iPod Touch, which she mainly uses for Facebook and email, plus a few games. The screen is a tad small, though. The 9.7-inch would be too big and somewhat heavy for her. A 7-inch iPad would be perfect. Benefits would be fits in her purse, easy to read, uh, easier to read than the iPod Touch, easier typing than the iPod Touch, lighter weight than the current iPad, and cost less than the current iPad, maybe $100 to $150 less. I will keep using my new iPad. Regards, Stephen in Houston. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for the feedback. My guess is if there is a 7-inch iPad mini, which everyone seems to think there is, again, I don't like to report on these things until there's actually something to report on, but if there is one, my guess would be it probably be the original iPad resolution, so it wouldn't be the true 720p. Back into the email bag. Hey, Rob. A few months ago on one of your podcasts, you explained how to reset the home button, and I tried it, and it calibrated, and it's been working great. But now my home button isn't working again consistently. I wanted to reset it again, but I looked on the app and searched but can't find what episode that was in. 
do you remember what episode that was so I can listen to it again regards Charlie? Hi, Charlie. Actually, I do remember. That was episode 221. I had those instructions in there per calibrating the home button. So enjoy that episode again and uh, hope it reworks for you one more time. Back to the email back. Hey, Rob, I would love to be able to have specific voicemail messages assigned to specific numbers. There are tons of uses for this aside from the obvious, such as dumping your girlfriend via voicemail. Regards, Nico. Hi, Nico. When you're done watching reruns of Jersey Shore, you might want to look up an app called Umail. Umail's been around offering the service feature for the past five years plus. That said, it would be nice for this to be a built-in feature. But again, if you can't wait, or if you do wait and nothing happens, uh, there's always Umail. Yeah, hi, Rob. This is Woody calling from New Jersey, and I just have to wonder why it is that Bluetooth is buried in the settings menu and not promoted up like Wi-Fi on the initial page. And I just wish that the Apple in iOS 6 would put it underneath Wi-Fi and above notifications in the main page menu. That's my gripe for the day. Otherwise, I am a loyal iOS user and a big fan of the show. Thanks for all you do. Hi, Woody. It just so happens in iOS 6, that's exactly what Apple has done. So in iOS 6, when you go into the settings app right there at the top, right below Wi-Fi is now controls to Bluetooth. Hey, Rob. Here is a Kickstarter project called Smarter Stand for iPad, which gives owners of the iPad smart cover case a few new positions for viewing and using. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for the heads up on this. This one had a goal of 10K. Well done, guys, on keeping the goal low. And to date, they have raised 90K. So this one is funded. And if you want it, you'll get it. And you have 30 days to get it, or to get your pledge in, that is. August 13th at 8.10 a.m. Eastern Time is when this one ends. As per what it is exactly, well, it is two basically tabs that when placed on the edge of the smart cover, lock two sections of the cover in place so that the hinge does not, you know, hinge. It is one of those things, once you see it, you go, oh, why didn't I think of that? Anyway, if you have a smart cover and are looking for some extra ways you can position the cover, this really is a good solution. And at 11 bucks right now for early bird special number three, it will not break your bank. Search for Smarter Stand at Kickstarter or look for the link in the show notes for episode 232. Thanks goes out to John for the heads up on this next one from Kickstarter. And it is a very cool physical keyboard for the iPhone. Actually, there are two of them the Spike 1 and Spike 2. Okay, first they have a goal of 75K, and right now with about 28 days to go, they are at 65K. So, you know, after mentioning them on the show, that should push them over. Pricing for this product is kind of, okay, really confusing. They have two products, Spike 1 and Spike 2, as I mentioned, and each has a different price level and future-proof options, you really need a flowchart to kind of figure out what's going on with their uh, pledge offerings. That said, if you are someone that still can't let go of that need for a physical keyboard, no, honey, I'm not talking about you specifically, but I could be. 
Anyway, if you are someone that still pines for that old BlackBerry-type physical keyboard, then this product is probably for you. I watched the video, and of the two options, Spike 1 and Spike 2, I would only recommend Spike 2. Spike 1 requires you to pull off the case and rotate it to get the keyboard fully put away or to bring it back out so you can use it. That, to me, is way too big a pain in the butt to do. The Spike 2, the keyboard flips around from the storage position in the back and overlays the bottom of the screen for a nice typing. Um, that To me, that's a nice UI experience. So fighting through the 18 different pledge options, that's right, 18 different pledge levels, yikes. It looks like for the Spike 2, the pricing is $50, which for a case with a keyboard, that is pretty good price. And it looks like Looking at the pledges, it is the Spike 2 that's getting all the pledges anyway. Search for Spike at Kickstarter for this one. FYI, to those of you looking to do a Kickstarter project, look at their pricing options on this one and learn what not to do. Don't get me wrong. This looks like a great product, and I'm thinking of getting it for my wife for Christmas for her our extra iPhone. Again, not saying she's hung up on a physical keyboard or anything. But guys, come on. Don't make it so confusing on the pricing options. Thanks to Levi for the heads up on this next one, which is one more Kickstarter project for this week. This one is called the Game Dock for iPhone, iPad, and iPod devices. Yikes. Sounds like they stole the name from my listing in iTunes for this show. Just saying. Anyway, this project is at 70% of its pledge goal, which is a goal of 50K, and they have 35K and change. This project runs until August 16th at 10.56 p.m. Eastern Time. So you have some time on this. From the description, quote, Just plug the dock into your TV like a video game console and your iOS device into the dock like a game cartridge. The game dock is designed to be compatible with existing iCade games and for dock-ready games that include two-player support and full 1080p HD TV output, unquote. This one is definitely for the more serious or retro serious gamer. Pricing is $150. That gets you the game dock plus two retro USB controllers and an HDMI adapter and also gets you a bundle of games. If you're a gamer, search for game dock, one word, at Kickstarter or just look in the show notes for episode 232 over at todayinios.com. Good luck, guys, on this one. On a past episode, we mentioned the Kickstarter project Touchfire. Word is they are now finally shipping those. If you got one, please send in your thoughts of this product. Please, as always, be brutal. Tell us what you liked and did not like about this product or any of the others you get from Kickstarter. Today in iOS at gmail.com or you can call in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Thanks to all that sent in this next one. And I have to be honest, actually, when I saw this first email come in on this one, I moved it to the Do Not Use folder. And then I got about five or six more come in right after that. So you guys win. This is a story about the Opus Hotel in Vancouver, Canada. What they did was pull out all the old in-room landline phones and replace them with iPhones. If you're a guest, you then get to take the iPhone with you around town so you can make local calls at no extra charge. This is great for those traveling into Canada from another country. No need to use your phone to make local calls on your out-of-country phone, which you then get exorbitant fees on. 
They do state all personal data and info on the phone is wiped clean after the customer checks out. Still, if you start sexting with someone using the net number and then the next person gets the phone, they may be in for a surprise when they get the text to that number. Just saying. And I don't know why that story just made me think of this, but last week during my workout, I watched the movie Contagion. What a horrible movie. Don't waste your Netflix uh, allocation for that one. Stay away from it. My God, what were the writers thinking on that movie? Switching gears, as we so often like to do, the Olympics are just around the corner. And normally, unless you are actually there at the Olympics, you wind up missing out on a lot of the great events and drama, say like badminton. But good news, because for this Olympics, you will not need to travel to London to see all the badminton action. See, NBC just released an app, the NBC Olympics Live Extra app, and this app appears to be more exciting than a hairpin net shot. This app will allow you to watch all the events unfold, including badminton. Not that anyone really has a shuttlecock's chance in heck of beating Super Dan, but still, being able to see the drama unfold as Wei and Yahan battle it out for silver, well, that gives me goosebumps faster than a well-placed drop shot. Personally, I will be rooting for Denmark's Peter Gade for that silver medal. Anyway, the app does require you to have a cable or satellite provider of TV content to work. And that means for me, with SureWest, I need to set up an account. So don't wait until the last minute. Get the app now and get everything set up ahead of time, or else you may miss one of those classic wood shots you see in the early rounds. Hello today in iOS. I'm a listener from Denmark. I make weekly video and audio podcasts about iOS and Apple and Danish. One question I get all the time, maybe you can help me. Do you know when iTunes Match comes over to Denmark? Regards, Charlie Desireres. And I, sorry, Charlie, I know I mutilated your last name. I have not heard anything on that, and likely it will not be announced until right before it's ready. But if anyone knows an answer on this, please let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob. This is Sam from Algeria. I was wondering if there's a way to activate airplane mode and have it um, executed automatically, like every night. Thank you. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Talk to you soon. Hi, Sam. Not unless you jailbreak and there's a jailbreak tweak that lets you do that. But the good news is in iOS 6, there is going to be features that pretty much are going to do what you want it to do, that there'll be periods where you can black out when you get any type of notification. So it'll basically put the phone to sleep and you won't get um, bugged with pings at night and calls at night. So I think that's what you're looking for. And with iOS 6, that is a new feature that's built in. So you're going to get what you're looking for in iOS 6. Hey Rob, I was listening to you talk about the new Apple podcast app and I got to wondering by Apple removing the podcast feature from the built-in music app and moving it to the dedicated app that people must download, won't that actually lower the visibility of podcasts? I mean, how many average users will actually download the app? Every iOS user had the music app by default. Regards, Dan. Dan, good question. I hope to get an answer on that shortly. But that is something I worry about. I am hoping that the podcast app becomes one of those pre-installed, you can't delete it even if you want to apps and not something you need to install manually. 
I am optimistic it is the former and not the latter, since you now get the pop-up in iOS 6 that says podcasts have moved from the music app to the podcast app. But I have been optimistic about other things in the past that have left me with the sad trombone feeling. Staying with this theme. Hi, Rob. If they remove podcasts from the music app, will that affect my ability to get podcasts on my Gen 5 iPod Touch? Doesn't seem to have updated them this last time I synced. Regards, Laura B. Hi, Laura. Actually, on iOS 5.x, the podcasts stay in the music app and the podcast app at the same time. It's not until you get to iOS 6 that when you install the podcast app, does all your podcasts get removed from the music app and moved into the podcast app only. Hi, Rob. I just tried the new podcast app and discovered something disappointing. When using the dock connector to send a t to a TV set, it does not appear to send the video, only the audio. The same podcast when played with the video app does send both video and audio. Sad face. Regards, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for the heads up on that. Please note, word is the podcast app is not finished. As I said on a previous episode, think of the podcast app as in beta right now. And once iOS 6 launches at Goldmaster, that is when the podcast app becomes the 1.0 app. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just wanted to ask your opinion on which is the official or best iPhone slash iPad app for Craigslist. There are quite a few of them in the App Store. And from the reviews, it's not clear which one is the official or best to use via mobile devices. Thanks for your time, Mike in Sunnyvale Cal. Hi, Mike. I am not a big Craigslist app user, so what I'm going to do is really, it doesn't really matter which one's the official one. I mean, there's an official Twitter app, but there's a lot of people that love some of the non-official Twitter apps. So really, the question to listeners isn't which is the official one. It's which is the one that you use and like the most. So folks, what is your favorite Craigslist app that you use? Give us a call or send us an email. You know the number in the email. And let's see which one most people like the best. Now, Mike, I will add this. A lot of times if you want to find out what the official app is for some site, just go to that site on your browser in Safari on your iPhone. And when you travel there via Safari, mobile Safari, oftentimes you'll get a pop-up when you go there that says, hey, we have an official app. And it'll have a link and they'll take you right to the app store to download that official app. I don't know if Craigslist has that, but you may want to try to go into Craigslist on your iPhone and see what happens. I mentioned Navigon sale previously on the show. Well, now MapQuest has done them one better by offering a free app with turn-by-turn navigation for the iPhone. One downside to the MapQuest app versus Navigon is with the Navigon, the maps are on the phone as part of the app. But with MapQuest, you need a data connection to keep pulling in info for the map. But on the plus side, did we mention it was free, as in 0.0 cents? And that does include voice navigation, which is not, repeat, not a paid upgrade like some of the other navigation apps that are out there. Happy 4th of July, Rob. With many getting ready to sell their old iOS devices with the release of the new iPhone, and yes, that's what it'll officially be called, this caught my eye even though I'm not a grinder or blender user. Any thoughts about this? Does the TII podcast app use the UDID? Just ask in regards, John. 
And what John is referring to is that some apps use your UDID info for identifying the user, something Apple has shunned for some time. One of those apps that did this is the app Grinder. See, really it is about advertisers here and that the app networks were using the UDID info to figure out some sort of profile for the user so they could better target ads for that user. So if the original owner of the iPhone in this case was inclined to use the Grindr app quite a bit and the ad network knew that, then when the user went to other apps with the banner ads from the network, the user would see ads for things that would appeal to someone that likes the content for of the Grindr app. Now, say that person sells his iPhone to Gazelle and some well-intentioned grandchild buys that iPhone for his grandma in Iowa and she hits an app which is part of the ad network, she might be wondering why she is getting ads for gay dating sites. And that, I guess, is what people are trying to say could happen and what is the issue. Of course, Grandma's iPhone could end up in the hands of a gay 25-year-old, and he would be stuck seeing ads for Murder, She Wrote DVD collections or Joyce Meyer books. So I guess it is equally shocking when UDIDs cross from one spectrum of the society to the other side of society. I would also assume that quickly the ad network algorithms kind of will adjust, but if you are getting your kids used iPhones, you might want to double and triple check the parental settings. And by the way, if you think I'm kind of poo-pooing this issue as a non-issue, you're pretty observant. Apple has had a little bit of an issue lately with some app upgrades crashing upon install. This included Instapaper and Angry Bird Space, and well, anything that affects Angry Bird Empire has to be taken seriously. Actually, it was Marco, creator of Instapaper, that brought the issue to the public's eye, and Apple did acknowledge the problem and is working with devs to fix the issue. So, if you have an app you recently updated and it is crashing when you try to launch it, well, you're not alone. Solution appears to be, if you do have one of these apps, is to try to update that app. Do not delete and reinstall, but rather do the update. That is if the app has been fixed. Hi Rob. City app browser changer defaults my iPhone to Chrome nicely. Regards, Sergey. Hi Rob. Here is a question for you or your listeners. Do you know of an iPad app that allows you to not only annotate PDFs, but also insert and or append blank pages like PDF Annotator for Windows? That will allow me to do what I need to do. If you or your listeners cannot help me, I will be forced to buy a tablet, Windows PC, and my Windows-free life will be over. It will be a very dark day. Please help. Regards, Danielle in Pemberton, BC, Canada. Hi, Danielle. I am going to say this one will be answered by the listeners as I don't know of an app for the iPad that allows you to add in blank pages into a PDF doc, but hopefully someone listening does. Please, folks, help Danielle from going over to the dark side. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Hey, Rob. This is Mark from Peppers, Louisiana. I want to tell you I really enjoyed the interview with Tim Street, how he created his... Um, He's an iBooks author to create vids, and uh, I was hoping that maybe you would do more interviews. Uh, I think you did a re- great interview, and surprisingly, you did it with an iPhone and no other equipment, and that sounded great. And I was even telling a friend of mine who is a comic book artist 
and a graphic designer that he needs to get in on this because that I would thought there's kind of a secret weapon, I think, you know, especially with the rumors of a seven inch iPad coming and you know, and uh we already have the iPad and the iPhone, all that kind of stuff, you know. You know, it's just a a market with a lot of people out there that are hungry for content. And uh so we got pretty much everything lined up and uh, trying to get things going. But I would like to see if maybe, I mean, I know you probably can't do it every episode, but maybe you could do it every other episode or at least once a month, get an interview with a developer, you know, go one-on-one and ask them how maybe, you know, the iPhone and, you know, iOS in itself or its code or iBooks author has changed your life and gave them a new career or, or whatever. I just uh, think it would be a, a great a great addition to the show to uh, hear from people who actually create things for iOS and uh other than just, you know, the artwork and things of that nature. Join so, uh, keep it up, and uh, probably going to do a podcast for myself. Would you be interested in being interviewed? Not just for me, of course, uh, but maybe other people. Thanks for the show. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Hi, Tim. Thanks for the feedback. And I would like to get more interviews up on the show. It is something I've been planning for a while. The Tim Street one worked out well because I've known Tim for a long time. I've interviewed him before on Podcast 411, so it was I knew it was going to be a good interview. Tim is someone that is very easy to interview and, and, and works well. Sometimes not so much with some of the developers, so I have to be careful there. But to start with, I am going to more of the mobile and app things here in Kansas City and trying to meet some of the app developers here in Kansas City. So you may hear some interviews in the future with some of the local Kansas City app developers. Speaking of the last episode and the interview with Tim Street about his book, Vids, which is just for the iPad running iOS 5.x or later, uh, one thing I did not play after the interview was the trailer. I forgot to put that up on the episode, so I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for Vids right now. I don't hear from you in one week. I will post all, and I mean all, the wonderful things that you've said and written to me and all the incredible things that you've been doing for our country right here on the little old internet for your wife, your Washington friends, the whole world to see. Jilted, she built a website of revenge. Then it fell into the wrong hands. Hey, Billy boy, you're is gonna get fried. Follow her trail of revenge. Why have you brought me to doing this? To the end of the line. You can't treat me this way, okay? My name is Hartley, not Monica or Chandra. Listen, you don't know who you're dealing with. And again, you can hear the full interview I did with Tim Street in episode 231. And you can check out the vids or you can buy the vids book, iBook, in the iBook section of the iTunes App Store. Hi Rob, got the Octopus Keyboard Jailbreak Tweak and it works great. Using it as I type this, regards Chris. Well Chris, thanks for the heads up on that. The Octopus Jailbreak Tweak is one that is supposed to imitate the BlackBerry 10 keyboard so you can actually play with that keyboard, you know, eight to nine months earlier than BlackBerry users. This is a pay for tweak and costs you $4.99. There is an article at App Advice that Chris sent that has more info on the repository you need to get to get this uh, tweak. Link, of course, in the show notes over at todayinios.com for episode 232. Quick little notice for all you unlockers out there. Well, unofficial unlockers, that is. The dev team put up a post on July 4th talking about Red Snow 0.9.14b2 and how it improves the baseband downgrades for the iPhone 3G and 3GS. If this is something you have been looking for, Check the link titled Dev Team Blog Baseband Freedom in the show notes. If this all went over your head, 
you weren't looking for this anyway. Once again, I would like to thank today's sponsor, and that is the free app Frequency for your iPad. If you like viral videos or internet videos in general, you will love the Frequency app, and you want to go ahead and download that now. Just go to the iTunes App Store and search for Frequency. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring the show. I want to do a quick shout-out to all the people at K-Fest. I'm going to be speaking there Wednesday night. That is July 18th. I'll be speaking at K-Fest. That is the annual Apple II user group, the global Apple II user group, the last Apple II, I guess, conference. And I've spoke there the last five years, so this is my sixth time speaking there. I always enjoy going there, and we talk about what's going on in the iOS world. So, uh, guys, girls... Good to be speaking to you again, and I hope you enjoyed my presentation if you're listening to this after the fact. Quick reminder one more time, if you have any tips, tricks, feedback, comments, questions, rants, raves, whatever, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send your comments in to todayinios at gmail.com. And definitely, if you have any music you've created on an iOS device, send me some of that. Needing some more music. Well, folks, that does it for us this time. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 